feature presentation. Welcome back to another episode of TIFF Talk 2022. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. All eyes are on the festival. We finally got a uh, major announcement with multiple films and not just uh, one a per slow week. drip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. all for, I don't know if they're all the special presentations or galas, but a, a, a large portion of them were announced uh, today. So this is why we are doing a special TIFF Talk 2022 episode, which won't necessarily be a regular episode. So it won't be episode 128. That will still come next week next monday yeah usually this is a segment we do within the untitled movie podcast the eighth best podcast in canada uh (laughs) you guys can go check out our newest draft where we do talk a little bit about tiff stuff but mostly about comic-con and and marvel and phase five and six so you guys can go check that out uh yeah we usually do this as a small segment in the show but we thought this deserved its own little mini episode and when i say mini it'll still probably be over an hour (laughs) but um that's mini for us uh yeah eric we've been getting a a slow drip of tiff announcements over the last i gotta say like month and a half right like yeah or so like or at least month the month of july it's been stressing Um, people out too because tiff has never done this before you know, in that kind of and people don't like change release. No, no change is the worst. You know, you need to stick to a routine or a format that people are comfortable with. Um, but then again, I mean, like it, it's, it's contrarian in a way because you know, like what people are looking for when they're, when they're looking for films sometimes are movies that kind of, you know, draw or, you know, outside of those lines. And, and when you're watching a movie, you're always looking for something, especially at a festival, something new, something interesting, something different. And so TIFF tried that this year. And, you know, I think having a mixture of smaller movies and the obvious, you know, kind of big gets, like something like The Fablemans, which we talked about in the last episode, Spielberg's movie kind of being a really big deal for TIFF, not only because it is spielberg's first directed film at the festival but also it having its world premiere there and i think that's a a really big deal so with this morning's announcement smornings uh i'm I'm just gonna call it a smorning um we got quite a few gala and special presentations some of which will also be playing at venice but it's also nice to know that TIFF let Venice have their day and didn't announce anything on that day because it probably would have been overshadowed by Venice. Yeah. Uh, well said. Uh, I think we should just go through them. And, you know, I think people look forward to this where I butcher uh, many names. Alex Reno will titles. be on you as soon as this thing comes out and he Cause, listens. Because have I uh, practiced this? No. no. So I apologize. Ooh, in so advance it's going to be even better. If- uh, if I butcher anyone's name, which will probably be a lot of people, I don't mean to offend. It's just I'm trying my best. And, uh, uh, let's read the whole announcement. And I know, Eric, you put together a little list of 18 or so movies that you think are the S tier, like the ones we got to see and cover at the festival. Uh, but I just want to talk about the lineup as a whole. and We can compare it to that Venice lineup. What's missing here? Uh, what we're excited for most and what people should uh, what the hardest tickets might be to get. All that kind of stuff. So let's go through it. Uh, So I have the press release in front of me here. Here are the, and going back to your original point where if if this is all the gala and special presentations, I think that's the intention, but you know, near the festival, they sometimes always kind of add a couple in each um, uh, the stragglers. There's always a last minute addition. Yeah. There might be something that gets added to or drops out. Clifford being <laughs> one of recent memory. Um, so something might drop out or something might be added. And then we also probably over the next couple of weeks have different uh, 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 programs like Midnight Madness, Discovery, Masters, Primetime. Um, I don't know what else I'm missing. Uh, that that pretentious one that people like. Um, is Vanguard uh, is is Vanguard back not or is Vanguard it no? Because it was no Vanguard wasn't pretentious. Vanguard was Vanguard cool. was good. Um, I, Nevis, what's the pretentious Tiff uh, 
uh, category that everyone likes. What I think it? that's what it's called. What? Wavelengths. Wavelengths. Oh, Got yes, it. Yes. Yeah. The experimental <laughs> category. Nevis is yelling it's not pretentious. It it's can exper- be. It's experimental. But I think any category can have pretentious films. Oh, there's going to be pretentious it, you know? films in here. I'm just kind of being yeah. a, a, an idiot, um, which I always damn okay let's go through it gala presentations 2022 uh for tiff so we have alice darling by mary nighy uh black ice by hubert davis uh or hubbard i don't know <laughs> i went with hubert uh butcher's crossing with from gabe polsky uh the greatest beer run ever by peter fairley <laughs> he's back baby um the hummingbird by francesca archibugi um <laughs> i'm not hunt. laughing at the name i'm laughing but, at matt's no, pronunciation yeah. uh hunt sometimes that just helps i'm trying to pronunciate everything hunt by lee jong jay um a jasmine's blues by tyler perry i think it's catchy tyler perry <laughs> yeah catchy limbu by uh shubham yogi uh moving on by paul white's uh paris paul white's why am I thinking who? Well, I you're thinking, thinking Chris because Chris and Paul White are yeah. uh, brothers and they directed um, or they co-directed American Pie. And right. Uh, That's Chris went on to direct uh, of, yeah. one of the Twilight films. And yep. yeah, there's another Twilight connection coming up too. Uh Paris Memories by Alice Winkor. Winokur. Winokur? Winokur? I think it's Winokur. Um, uh, Prisoner's Daughter, Catherine Hardwick. There it is. Um, Vampires playing baseball. Yeah, uh, Raymond and Ray by Rodrigo Garcia, Roost by Amy Redford, Sydney by Reginald Hudlin, uh, The Sun by Florian Zeller. Uh, the opening opening night film is The Swimmers by Sally L. Hosani. Uh, What's Love Got to Do with It by Shikar Kapoor, The Woman King by Gina Prince uh, Bythewood. Uh, special now that's all the galas. So we'll go through that in a sec. Let's go through the special presentations. Alleluia by Sir Richard Ear. Um, all quiet on the Western front by Edward Berger. Uh, the Banshees of Inner Sheeran, Inner Sheeran, Inner Sheeran of Ed, (laughs) the Banshees of Ed Sheeran by Martin McDonough. Uh, Blueback by Robert Connolly. The Blue Caftan by Miriam Tuzani. Um, Broker by uh, Hirokazu Koreeda. Got it. Uh, Brother by Clement Virgo. Bros by Nicholas Stoller. Uh, Catherine Called Birdie by Lena Dunham. Causeway by Leela Neujbauer. Chevalier by Stephen Williams. Corsage by Mary Kreutzer. Decision to Leave by Park Chan-wook. Uh, Devotion by J.D. Dillard. Uh, Driving Madeline by Christian Carrion. Uh, El Suplente by Diego Lerman. Empire of Light by Sam Mendez. Uh, the Eternal Daughter by Joanna Hogg. The Fablemans by Steven Spielberg. Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery by Ryan Johnson. Good Night Oppie by Ryan White. The Good Nurse by Tobias Lindholm. Holy Spider by Ali Abbasi. Joyland by Sam Sadiq. The King's Horseman by B. Bandele. The Lost King by Stephen Frears. A Man of Reason by Jung Woo Sung. The Menu by Mark Milode. Uh, <laughs> on the Come Up by Santa Lathan. Um, One Fine Morning by Mia, Mia Hansen Love. Uh, Other People's Children by Rebecca Zlotowski. Uh, Moon Age Daydream. Uh, Moon Age Daydream uh, by Brett Morgan. My Policeman by Michael Grandage. Nanny by Nikyatu Jusu. No Bears by Jafar Pan- Pani. Pani. Pahani. Pani. Is he in jail right now? Yep. He was arrested for political protests in Iran. We'll talk about that. That's awful. Uh, the Return of Tanya Tucker, featuring Brandy Carlisle, Catherine Horan, Saint Omer by Alice Diop, Sanctuary by Zachary. Nevis is yelling at me. Panahi. Panahi. How do you say it? 
Panahi. Okay. I got it, Nevis. Thank you. I said I would struggle. I was doing pretty well. Um, Stories not to be told by Sek Gay. Um, I think I missed Sanctuary by Zachary Wiegon. Uh, Triangle of Sadness by Ruben Ostland. Uh, Walk Up by Hong Sang Soo. Wendell and Wild by Henry Selick. The Whale by Darren Aronofsky. Woman Talking by Sarah Polly. And The Wonder by Sebastian Lilo. Leo? Leo. Lilio. Like, what's Lilio. the dealio, Lilio? I, I think I did pretty well. Okay? You did. You did. You're, uh, you you did had right. quite the load on this one. Yeah. Eric, <laughs> uh, initial thoughts of the lineup. And I know you have your little list of uh, 18 or so movies that you're pretty pumped about. To quote Al Pacino in Heat, it's a gr- it's a good crew. It's a good crew. Um, yeah, it, like it's also just fun, like looking at some of the titles that haven't appeared at Venice, but also looking at what type of premiere they are. So, like for example, um, Sam Mendes's Empire of Light being a film that says Canadian premiere, so that means, means it will probably Telluride. Telluride. So, I think that that's always important to look at as well when you know, you get an announcement like this because you can go through the list and see like, okay, this is also probably going to end up playing at Telluride. Um, and it and does kind of spoil idea. the Telluride lineup. It does. <laughs> Whenever it you does. see Canadian premiere. But I mean, Tiff's biggest rivalry, I guess, is Telluride. So there's no, you know, love lost there. Um, but yeah, like it is a really good lineup. And I think there will be a lot of interest in Jafar Pahani's no bears because he was just arrested by the Iranian government and um, sentenced to six years uh, in prison um, again for protesting Brutal. the uh, authoritarian uh, government. And uh, it's, yeah, he, he's one of those filmmakers who, if you've seen taxi or this is not a movie. He he had gotten in trouble before with the government, and you know to the point where he had to smuggle this is not a movie uh, out of the country to get to the festival circuit. And you watch this man in that movie wanting to make a movie and sort of telling the story within the confines of house arrest in his apartment. Um, and it's him hanging out with his pet iguana and literally you can see the passion and frustration and anger and yeah, who knows what's going to happen now because they've arrested a a few other filmmakers as well. And it's just like, it's, it's just one of those things where it's, you know, like you're, you're, you look at the world and the way it is and you think like, okay, there's a lot of things going on in your personal life and there's a lot of things going on around you and, and it's stressful, but like, you know, living in Canada, there's a lot, it's not perfect by any means, but compared to what's going on with, you know, Jafar Pahani and his family, you know, you yeah, have to absolutely. consider yourself lucky and, and, you know, to support somebody like that right now, um, you know, I hope people go and see it, you know, and, 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 and I'm excited to see the film, you know, based on a, a really great filmmaker. So, uh, and yeah, and if you haven't seen this is not a movie or, or taxi, they're they're also available to check out right now. So, nice. well and three faces well too. Yeah. Uh, well put. Um, anything else that you're kind of pumped for? I know we yeah, obviously yeah. talked about the Fablemans uh, on the last episode. We can kind of briefly talk about it again. Still mind blowing and still a huge get for a world premiere. Um, I mean, it, it dominated kind of the conversation. Cause like, even when the Venice lineup came out, like that, one of the headlines I remember seeing variety, In variety yeah. else was like, was like, Oh, it talks about not getting the Fablemans. I'm like, that's your lead on their lineup being announced. And they asked kind of the head of Venice and stuff like that. And, well, that interview was um, really interesting as well, yeah. because when you read it, he's, he's literally, you can tell he's upset. Like, obviously you're just reading. Yeah. He said you know, he wished uh, universal gave them some more heads up or something. Yeah. Or, or even invited them to the screening uh, because apparently the only people that have seen it other than maybe um, some audience test screenings in LA and New York. Yeah. Happened over the last week. Yeah. And is TIFF. So the only people that have seen it are the, the TIFF programmers. So yeah. that's something as well that I think is kind of interesting where, you know, like if you were to look back at this and, 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 and think like, okay, if, if Spielberg's the Fablemans were to play at any festival, you know, I would have bet on either AFI or New York, 
Um, yeah. So Tiff getting that is kind of the the centerpiece of this this year's festival, and I think it also changed a lot of people's minds that maybe were on the fence whether or not they wanted to come to the festival, and now it's kind of like well. This, well, that's this, a must-see, right? Yeah, and it's going to probably be an awards film. So you have people like Michelle Williams, Seth Rogen, Paul Dano, you know, it being an autofiction story, uh, coming-of-age tale of a Spielberg-adjacent character growing up in Arizona. You know, Spielberg also just being one of, if not the most essential filmmakers of our time, Um you know, doing something this personal and close encounters uh, of the third kind has elements of, of his own kind of yeah personality in there, him struggling with, you know, his father leaving and stuff like that. But I think this will kind of really it's a sci-fi first home. and foremost where this yeah. is more, but there's, yeah. there's still very, there's still a lot of human elements in close totally. encounters that kind of give you an insight to who Spielberg is as a person. And like even Spielberg talking about his own, career trajectory in terms of like how he saw fathers in movies didn't change until his mother told him that his father didn't leave necessarily because he was abandoning his family. It was because the mom and him had a hard time and it was just something where it was, it was amicable. And so with that, like in the early two thousands moving forward, you saw fathers and Spielberg movies kind of have a more, positive uh influence on characters or a stronger yeah. one like i would say even something with like catch me if you can with christopher walken's character and the way that dicaprio sides more with dicaprio's character sides more with his father than he does his mother mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah can't wait for it obviously it'll probably be the hardest ticket to get in that those press screenings depending on how many of them <laughs> Are going to be nuts. Uh, oh, let's yeah. stick with galas at first, and then we'll move over to special presentations. So I don't know what you wanted to point out here. Obviously, uh, Florian Zeller's The Sun uh, stands out for me. Uh, the Father was fantastic. Um, following up with The Sun, will his next movie be The Holy Spirit? We will see. Uh, the Mother. The Mother uh, is the third oh, in okay, the trilogy of plays. So it's The Father, The Son, and The Mother. Is it all done by the same playwright, or they're just yeah? Yeah, it's all Florian or, Zeller. Or, yeah. Oh, yep. he, oh yeah. He adapted his own play. Yep. Right. Yeah. And then he did all three. Yep. Now it's coming back to me. What an excellent movie. So, um, it will be interesting with this as well, because obviously there was a, 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 a clever conceit with the way that that film was structured, especially with the right. editing. Right. So it makes me wonder what the sun will do if it, or if it will do anything that's kind of, you know, playing with with the tech side of things or the editing side of things or is it just going to be more straightforward because the straight, idea is yeah. that you have a, a a divorce between Hugh Jackman and Laura Dern's characters and they have a son who is really struggling uh, an adolescent son who's really struggling and um the father uh played by uh Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman is has a new wife played by Vanessa Kirby and a new infant son and Laura Dern doesn't know what to do with the kids. So the the son goes to live with them for a while. That's kind of the crux of the story. And Anthony oh. Hawkins is apparently in the film, um, but it's apparently a very small little cameo. Mm-hmm. Not the same character or no? Or he's just I don't think film? so. I don't, I don't know. I don't like it's I, not connected, right? No, no, no. I don't but... think so. I mean, not thematically, connected. I guess, but the, the Zeller verse, um, the Zeller's verse. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that stood out for me. Uh, Peter Farrelly coming back uh, in the greatest beer run ever. Um, obviously had huge success um, with uh, Green Book when he was here. Uh, People Choice People's winner. Choice Award right? in, uh, in 2018. Um, no so controversy. Got, uh, right? Zach Efron, Russell Crowe, Bill Murray in there. No, not at all. None, 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 none. Uh, but I guess that's like a, a good get. He is an Oscar women, winning winning filmmaker. I watched the trailer for Hunt last night, which is the Lee Jung-jae movie. Um, it's one of the stars of cool. Squid Game, right? Um, I think it leaked, not leaked, but they, yeah. And they accidentally posted um, the trailer last night on the TIFF YouTube page. So I watched it before I went to sleep. Uh, anything else from the uh, galas that you wanted yes. to point out or, or talk about? Eric? So Gabe Polsky, yeah. uh, who directed Red Army, uh, 
the documentary uh, directs right, yeah. Butcher's which Crossing. Which I sh- probably should watch. Which, guess who stars in that? Oh, Nick, Nick Cage. Cage. Yes. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. So it's yeah. like a frontier Western uh, with Nick Cage. And he was talking about it during um, the awards run for Pig uh, in the, the Hollywood Reporter Roundtable. Um, and talking about like how yeah. like, like working with horses and stuff like that, like you have to kind of be your own stunt man. Right. I um, do remember he talked about that. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of cool um, that this this movie is playing not only in the festival, but in the gala section. Because the gala because <laughs> the gala is usually reserved for obviously kind of like the high end premiere movies that are are more kind of accessible to mainstream audiences so it does make you wonder if if butcher's crossing is going to be a film that will you know be able to kind of hit that four quadrant thing that people are always talking about where it's like it's really accessible (laughs) yeah yeah um what else on here stands out Uh, let's see it all again it all sounds kind of uh documentary on sydney poitier uh sydney yeah um, Reginald Hudlin, right? Who's yeah. directing that? Um, it's hard because, like, a lot of these things, I have, I'm like, oh, I barely know much about them until I kind of go through. And this is like, you guys are kind of getting a live look, is because I, I worked this morning and I had a deadline at uh, 1 p.m. So we're recording right after that. So like, I got, you know, this press release email. I got the accreditation email. It all kind of came at once, and I've been like. I can't, I can't process anything. And now I'm kind of processing it in real, uh, in real time. So I'm kind of looking through it with you guys. It's like your Jack Bauer. Um, good for Tyler Perry. You know, he's huge. Why not? Another, another Netflix film. Is um, it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we should also say, I mean, the opening movie was announced before this, but the swimmers yeah. is also uh, a Netflix movie. So it's interesting that they're going for something a little bit more kind of smaller and maybe something that people will, you know, take a risk on and, and go in there not knowing too much about the film beforehand, which is always yeah. exciting because obviously something like the Fablemans or, you know, the woman King or something like that could have been the, you know, opening film of the festival but instead they decided to go with something that maybe is is a little bit less mainstream which i think is always kind of nice to kind of you know not necessarily hook people with a big one but to kind of bring people in slowly with something that will pique curiosity yeah uh, I was realizing while I was trying to figure out what the other programs were, I could have just clicked on program on the website. <laughs> That's right in front of my face. Okay, into uh, special presentations, which I think is the bulk of kind of the the things that we wanted to point out. Eric, I know you had your list, so I'm going to let you choose what you want to talk about first. Oh, well, I, I mean, my list is a culmination of both the galas and the special, sure, special yeah. presentations. So um, <clears throat> let me just get to my uh, top, as I called it, the top tier um and this was just like at first glance so there's stuff that i probably missed actually there was one thing that i saw on uh the list that i missed but these are just films off the top of my head uh the banshees of ed sheeran uh broker (laughs) uh bros butcher's crossing catherine called birdie decision to leave empire of light the eternal daughter the fableman's glass onion and knives out mystery Moon Age Daydream, No Bears, One Fine Morning, The Sun, Triangle of Sadness, The Whale, uh, Women Talking, and The Wonder. There was something else that I missed on the list that I was like, oh, I should have put yeah, that on my top We'll two. go through. Uh, yeah, I agree with basically all of your picks. Can't wait to see Ruben Oslin's Triangle of Sadness. Uh, I remember uh, Force Majeure just being such a uh, wonderful surprise at the festival uh, a while back now. That would have been... 2014 right or yeah. something like that um i remember interviewing him great interview um i like the square quite a bit as well um so won the palm door his second, second time. palm second palm door which is wild so that's definitely up there uh and i'll be excited anytime a new darren aronofsky movie comes to tiff uh some of my fondest memories of TIFF are seeing uh, a Darren Aronofsky movie from every Black Swan and Mother and everything in between. Are those his last two that he brought to TIFF? Did yeah, Mother was else? the last film that he had at the festival, which and I saw on IMAX. Before that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Black, uh, yeah, it probably would have been Black Swan because Noah didn't play. Yeah. Um, 
trying to think. Well, I mean, one of my favorite TIFF memories was seeing The Wrestler um, at the festival. Oh, you saw it it at TIFF? Yeah, it it just played, um, I think it was Venice. And that's where it kind of got its debut. And that's where everybody was talking about, like, oh, the comeback performance from Mickey Rourke. Um, Mm -hmm. And then watching it um, at TIFF, it was like, that was an amazing year. Because I remember seeing um, The Hurt Locker, The Wrestler, and Hunger. I skipped, I... I was at co- in college that year in London. So uh, sorry, I'm yelling everyone. I got up early to work. Um, you I bored by this, Matt? That year. <laughs> no, but I, that would have been, you know, I'm a huge wrestling fan and, and I love Darren Aronofsky. So I would have, um, and I love the wrestler. So yeah. that would have been a great premiere to be at. Also yeah, saw Zach it, and Mira I, make a porno that year. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. Uh, Black Swan I did see and Mother I saw. And then, yeah, Noah skipped the festival uh, circuit. So so obviously, uh, and Brendan Fraser, who was once my sworn enemy uh, when I hated the Mummy movies, but I'm all here for a Brendan Fraser comeback and for him to give like a really solid performance in this. Well, I he was really so, good so. in um, Soderbergh, Steven Soderbergh's uh, yeah, No I Sudden that, Move. Yeah. And um, I mean, he's in Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, whether or not that does get released this year. I'm I mean, cheering for him. Yeah. And he's in back. Yeah. I read a good article about him that kind of made me go, you know what? I'm cheering for you. I'm cheering for you. Uh, excited for that. Um, I'm excited for what else do we got on here? Oh, Holy Spider was the about, other please. one that, uh, yeah. that I was curious about because it's from the director of border and that also played at, oh. um, can. And so it was kind of controversial. Some people didn't love it as much as border and kind of found it. was One a little of the bit... directors of the last of us. Yep. So the last of us so cross prime promotion time. there fucking um, program it is is prime time still happening this year is this is that yeah. still a thing okay. yeah oh yeah they're still holding I mean, on to prime list, time it's lit hey if they program the last of us it's all worth it eric because <laughs> like here's here's my thing if they already have some of the actors coming now they have one of the directors of the series i mean he's not the person that, that directed uh the pilot episode but if they bring a couple episodes, maybe they bring some of the cast and crew, even though they weren't involved. I'm just saying it's supposed to pro, uh, premiere in early 2023 on HBO. Not well, if it's done, of. right? Been, like it just depends. Well, they've been shooting it for a year, right? So you think like the well, first couple episodes they might have done and then uh, they might be like halfway through post or something on, on the season. But uh, anyways, that's we'll get to predictions and other things later. Um what else am I excited for? Uh, Sam Mendez. I'm more excited for Roger Deakins cinematography, but and Olivia like Coleman subject, being uh, yeah, the, the Olivia lead. Coleman's always great. Yeah. Um, uh, and you know, 1980s England sounds like cool, um, but it is. Uh, I, I mean, I love anything in the 80s, even if it is like a uh, you know. It, I mean, it's about a woman working in a cinema in the 1980s in England. So I'm, I'm shot by Roger Deakins. So like, I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, Sam Mendes is like kind of one of those guys where it's like, you know, I, I really love Road to Perdition. Um, yeah, but it, yeah, he. I mean, he's kind of like I'm surprised actually that this is not playing in the gala section because this kind of seems like a gala movie and yeah, and not you necessarily know, the diff- special the- presentation. Like even Fableman's being special presentation instead of a gala, right? Like it, it's just or masters what they even, I guess. Because yeah, that Fableman's right? yeah. kind of in the master section. It's it's always just interesting. I guess maybe it's based on cast and crew that they can get, or you know, anything or where they want to premiere the movie, how many screenings it has, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I'm not really sure how they differentiate what should be what, but. Um, what else do we got here? The good nurse is go interesting through. because I really I'm I'm curious about the story. It's a true crime story about a male nurse who is known to be the most one of the most notorious and prolific serial killers. Um, the only thing I'm hesitant why I didn't put in my top tier because I really like the director as well, um, Tobias uh, Lindholm, who directed a hijacking and a war, which are really solid movies. 
um, is that it stars Eddie Redmayne as the serial killer. <laughs> right. But if he is playing a creepy ser- serial killer, that might work because you're not supposed to like him. And it co-stars Jessica Chastain as well, who's coming off of an Oscar win your, last your weird year. Feud so. I don't have a Eddie feud. Redmayne. I just don't. I just don't think he's good necessarily. I know, I know. I, he's he. I mean, like he's okay, but maybe playing a serial killer. Um, it'll be perfect for him you know because you hate him already Um, and like you know you're fascinated by the true crime procedural elements um so yeah that's a netflix movie as well and and jessica chastain returning to the festival um where you know just last year she was uh vetted with uh an award of some kind i think like a an acting award alongside thanks for coming award yeah benedict cumberbatch and and premiering the eyes of tammy faye which won her uh, the actress in a leading role Oscar. Uh, so, you know, like that's another one where it'll be like, okay, like we'll see like what her follow-up is not including the three fifty-five, which was terrible. Um, looking at the list further, I'm curious about devotion um, because of it starring Jonathan majors and Glenn Powell and also it being yeah. an aviation movie. So I wonder if that will play, in um in IMAX. The, in IMAX but also if like they'll have the cinesphere in, in, in involved yeah i don't i don't know they that's going to be an interesting thing because they usually have done a cinesphere movie every year and this seems like that would couple. be the one yeah Unless but i don't know else. if it's that's not really like an IMAX movie, is it? Have they said it's going to be an IMAX and stuff? Devotion. It seemed like they were kind of prompting it to be another kind of like, you know, off the heels of Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. You know, a lot of it kind of taking place within, you know, the cockpits of these planes and that dynamic. And it kind of seemed like a big movie that way. Yeah. I just haven't heard Sony talk about like if it's even going to be like they probably won't do a big premiere at Cinesphere unless like it is an actual partnership with IMAX where I haven't really seen anything that says devotion will be released in IMAX. Um, so whether Tiff gets an IMAX movie this year to do something at, um, at Cinesphere, I'm not really sure. I'll look at what's supposed to be coming out later in the year, but, um, cause it's, I think it's an October like release. A, so, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know what? Um, yeah. The trailers didn't really do much for me. I like the Neither. cast, though, right? Yeah. Like, I like Glenn Powell a lot. Jonathan Majors is awesome. Like, I'm definitely down for it. It's just... Uh, and if it is playing IMAX... Just didn't... Yeah, oh, for sure. I, I yeah. would definitely do it. Sometimes um, as well, it's just scheduling, right? Like, in terms of... You know, there's there's a list of films that you want to see, but, like, sometimes there'll be other things that it's like, okay, well, maybe I can see this movie in between you know, this other one, if I have a large gap and like, if devotion's like one of those movies where it's like, it's playing in between, you know, two other movies that you have that day and you don't have anything going on for like three or four hours. That's the kind of movie. It's not necessarily something you need to, but yeah, man, I don't think they'll do an IMAX thing this year. Like it just doesn't really make sense. Like the ones coming out Halloween ends. So unless they get that and Peter, wants to do like a midnight madness at Cinesphere for it. Like that could be fun. Like they're not going to get black Adam. Like it wouldn't, I just don't think that something like black Panther would play a festival just cause I don't think it'll be done. No. Like, I, um, like I, I think they would be open to it. If, if any Marvel movie was going to play a festival, I think black Panther would be that movie but i don't think that it'll even be ready by september creed 3 maybe uh, avatar not a chance and shazam not a chance so like you don't really have one of those like prestigious imax movies this year right like you don't have a nolan even to show like after it came out you don't have a first man you don't i mean unless they bring top gun in or 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 nope or something like that is kind of like a yeah, you know, like a Dunkirk, you know, true. You're making a good point where maybe they do nope on 70 millimeter with Jordan Peele in attendance or something like that. Right. Like, yeah, I could see something like that, like the Nolan treatment, if Universal wanted to push it like for that kind of stuff. Um, you're making a good point that that's probably something that they might do. But but yeah, they're really I guess the last one. Well, wouldn't it have been Dunkirk? 
that was, was like Dunkirk la- or First well, Man? Dune, Dune, Dune uh, would have been it. Yeah. yeah, Dune. So, you know, maybe Dune, Dune two, uh, in a in a year. Or so, Dune but, again. Um, uh, Park Chan Wook has a new movie that looks uh, always down for a new Park Chan Wook. What else do we got here? We got the new Mia Hansen Love with Leah yeah. Seydoux, which Sony Pictures Classics picked up at uh, Cannes. Uh, we got the menu, which is uh, a horror comedy with Ray Fiennes and Anya Taylor Joy. Um, What's with Adam McKay producing a bunch of movies about cannibalism? <laughs> I, I don't know. What's he? What's he trying to say? That uh, yeah, I'm like what? Capitalism. He also is produced Fresh. Yeah, he also produced Fresh, and now he's also producing the menu. So I'm like, well, this oh. year there's a lot of movies that have cannibalism as a theme. There's another film that I recently watched. I won't say anything more but it's like yeah there's something going on this year about you know consuming your own kind um (laughs) that is just weird um yeah yeah and then like just looking at this list further you mentioned you know park chan wook um that's going to be interesting because that's a film that movie picked up right before it played at um can and so I'm sure it will play at TIFF after the fall festival season, but that's the kind of movie where it's like, this would be your best option to probably see it is at TIFF. And especially if it's playing at the light box um, specifically, like that's, that's the kind of, or, you know, at the princess of Wales or something like that. Cause we saw uh, the handmaiden um, at uh, Elgin, right? At, at the Elgin. Yeah, yeah, we did. We went to the premiere. We went to the premiere. Um, which is a solid movie, but I remember that being one that was a struggle for me to stay awake in because not have any insult to the movie, but it, I just, it was at that point of the festival where I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. The IMAX yeah, movie. What, yeah. I, yeah. it might be if they do, I can't believe I didn't realize this is, is moon age daydream. Yeah. It doc. is getting an IMAX release, isn't it? Yeah. And apparently that's like the best way to see it. So okay, that's probably what it's going to be then. When does that come out? That comes out, I believe, at the end of September. Elevation has okay. it here in Canada, yeah. and it is um, neon in the U.S. But I'm just looking at it now, and I will confirm it because I'm on the Elevation website because they also have Darren Aronofsky's The Whale. They do. Um, they do. Alice Darling, Black Ice. Uh, September sixteenth. Okay, so right during the festival. So that's one of those things that it probably will be an IMAX thing, but um, it does come out during during the festival. Um, Raymond and Ray, I mean, I like both Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke, so I'm down for that. Rodrigo Garcia, what has he directed recently that I would... Oh, he's kind of known as being one of those like ensemble actor directors who kind of like had a little bit of a history in the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, He directed that movie with Naomi Watts and uh, Samuel Jackson. Four Four Good Days recently, which was that I forgot came out last year or two years ago. Hey, it got Diane Um, Warren an Oscar nomination for for song. Yeah. Albert Nobbs. Okay. I, Nine Lives Passengers. Nine Lives is the Not, big one where it was like that ensemble film of his yeah, that yeah. Roger Ebert really loved. Okay, cool. He's directed some TV and stuff lately too. Yeah. Party of Five. <laughs> the 2020 yeah. Party of Five. Uh, all right. Uh, but I like both of those guys, so I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by that um what else what else stands out anything else from your list eric well i mean martin mcdonough the the banshees of in year and um i think is one of those movies where like again you know this is his follow-up to three billboards he's bringing back his in bruges uh leads brendan gleason and colin farrell uh you also have barry cogan in there so it's going to be one of those movies that it'll be interesting just in terms of like the premise being two friends that no longer really want to be friends kind of, you know, stuck on this Island together. So it kind of seems almost like it's going to be play like, but it'll probably, you know, cinematically really incorporate a lot of the landscape. Um, and it'll probably be very uh, biting satirically and also darkly comedic um, in nature. 
so that'll be interesting to see how that does. I'm really excited for uh, Joanna Hogg's follow-up to uh, the souvenir part one and two uh, reteaming with Tilda Swinton. She shot this movie right after or in between the souvenir movies. And it seems to be kind of almost like a, you know, it's an A24 movie, so it'll be elevated horror and like a haunted memory, you know, I'm all for it. gothic I film. I got an A24 t-shirt on right now. You sure are. I mean, The Whale being another A24 movie. Um, just looking down the list here. Uh, I'm always here for a new Christopher Abbott movie during TIFF, so Sanctuary with him and Margaret Qualley. Yeah. Uh, where I, I don't know much about it. I don't know who Zachary Wegon is, but... I don't either. Um the log line is the heir to an oat, uh, an hotel, the heir to a hotel empire, hotel. Christopher Abbott and the dominatrix who has primed him for success played by Margaret Qualley battle it out in a hotel room as he tries to end their relationship here for that. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm, um, I'm, I'm here for that. So even though we didn't get the Olivia Wilde movie, we do have Sebastian Lilio's the wonder with Florence Pugh which is a Netflix right. film. And we yeah. do have my policeman with uh, Harry Styles. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we, that'll be interesting as well, because I'm going to be honest with you. I don't dislike Harry Styles, but there's something about him where I feel like he's trying a little too hard to be the next David Bowie. And it's like, dude, sure. you don't have to be all that. You can just the new Harry Styles album's good. I'm not, really say, I'm good. not saying that. I'm just saying um, I, I feel that he does try a little too hard. That's all. Sure. In terms yep. of like the gender fluidity um, thing that Bowie did so well and kind of sure. creating, you know, Ziggy Stardust and, you know, like going in, like, I, I, I love David Bowie so much. So that's the kind of thing where like I see people that try to imitate that. And I'm just kind of like, you know, it's 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 wonderful to have that in as an influence. Why do it? Because you're not going to. Yeah. Be you, man. Be you. You know, Maybe sing about watermelons, but, but, you know, just, you know, keep it real. Sure. Um. Yeah, it's a stacked lineup. Really, we should like, mention Wendell uh, and Wild, which is the stop motion animation movie with Key and Peele, directed by uh, Henry Selick, uh, the director of A Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, oh, yeah, so cool. there's there's a ton of Netflix stuff here. I, I, um, oh, that's you know, another like, Netflix. Yeah, they have a yeah. great partnership with TIFF and um, a large chunk. So it's interesting that things like you know Blonde not on the list here. No, um, Luca Guadagnino's Bones and All, Todd yeah. Fields, Tar, uh, those two movies, and Blonde, I think, are all playing. The Olivia Wilde movie, which you just brought up, too. Yeah, um, uh, Don't Worry, Darling, um, are all Venice films, and Paul Schrader as well, uh, Master Gardener. Oh, Although, yeah, Master Paul Schrader is getting... Could uh, show up in Masters, too. Which would be amazing. And just, what is he going to say? Because he's getting a, an honorary award at yeah, Venice, so that, it's only yeah. so it's only like you're going to give him the floor. Prepare for anything. Yeah, um, but I I've can heard still good see that. I can too. still see that popping up. So oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I guess especially with first reform, we'll, right? Yeah, we'll f- we'll finish off with that. So like we have two programs now, which is always the ones that they first announce. So what we still need is contemporary world cinema discovery. Uh, Midnight Madness, Platform, Prime. Oh, Platform too. Oh yeah, Platform's Those great. That's usually, where Moon Knight and yeah. Jackie and and Lady Macbeth yeah. all had yeah. their debuts, and it's always fun to see what their what the jury is because that's kind of like the the mini can in TIFF. Yeah, so usually it's uh, ten or probably nine or ten movies, right? Because it's one per day of the festival, and they yeah. have a premiere at the Elgin and. Um, they actually have a jury and they choose the winner there. So like, yeah, it's usually a mix of like, you might get one or two big movies. I, I use in quotes like recognizable names or, or, or something like that. Then you have a mix of foreign stuff and some smaller stuff. And like, it is a really interesting kind of program. And we might even see one of those movies we talked about in that, in that category too. Because yeah. that's happened as well. So you got to think there's probably a couple big movies that they're saving for platform. We also have Primetime, Shortcuts, Cinematheque, Docs, uh, Next Wave. And Next Wave selects. There's usually just a stamp that they put on other movies where the Next Wave crew says, like, this is Next Wave approved for young people. Extreme. And then Wavelengths, which is not pretentious. I was joking. There How dare cool you insult in. <laughs> Michael Snow's uh, legacy, you bastard. Um, 
I've seen some wavelengths movies that I, I like. Too. I'm sure some are pretentious. Some are very pretentious. But that's the so, festival in general. Like in any yeah. category, in any program, there are movies. Yeah. You know, that's it's, just it's, movies in general. Yeah. You know, one one man's pretentiousness is another, another man's, man's pop tart. I don't know. Something watermelon. good. Yeah. You know, populist um, film. I don't know. Oh, totally. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited to see what else pops up. Like Midnight Madness is always a favorite of ours. Yep. Um I am excited to see. We had Peter on the podcast a couple of years ago. Maybe we'll I'll hit him up and see if he has time. But um, very interested to see what horror movies and genre movies come. I don't know, Eric, if you have any predictions for that or um, I'm just trying to think categories. Like so, like, I could see some of those things that you talked about showing up in Masters or Platform, like whether it's you know Paul Schrader or any of that like i could see popping up in one of those categories i already said the last of us for prime time that would be a huge get is that going to happen you know probably not but, but if it does matt Rohr, a boy bet. a boy can dream you know my two loves coming together into one thing would be uh you know three loves really video games uh you know the film festival and just last of us in general and like and, and stuff like that where if the last of us and i think because of the filmmakers involved and the cast and stuff like that i wouldn't put it past them and hbo has premiered stuff at uh at tiff and they have a good relationship with tiff because of the crave stuff uh through bell so they always do premieres at lightbox like they're doing one for house of the dragon they do it for all the big like hbo premieres so uh would not and it's shot in canada in calgary so like there are many different things here where I think because of the cast and crew and where it's shot and the the relationship, I'm like, and it's supposed to be premiering January or February. I'm like, they could be ready with one episode. Maybe it's a longer episode or maybe two episodes, but like not likely, but I'm going to throw it out there. And if it happens... I predicted it. Okay. Give me credit. Yeah. No, no definitely. And I, I mean, it also depends, I think, as well, because um, the director of Beanpole had to flee uh, Russia. So, Russia, it, yeah. It, it, I mean, it depends as well, like what he's doing right now. And, like, I think he's living in New York and he was trying to make another, like, he was going to shoot, he was going to shoot a movie called Monica in Russia, but then fled because of what's Every, going on with yeah. the ukraine and, and he Russian. didn't agree with everything and he yeah. just said fuck this and i left yeah yeah and so he didn't want to become a political prisoner or what have you and you know we're talking about you know jafar pahani um so that might be a factor as well where i mean not that he doesn't ha not that he has to do press or anything but you know sometimes those circumstances do play a role and you can understand why maybe someone would want to pass because of that. And I mean, obviously that show doesn't need the festival to have. No, but excitement. it would just be an interesting. It, yeah. Because you have thing. the directors of Beanpole, um, Cuvada say, I think that's my main um, reason. Yeah. A border all having directed episodes. And then to your point being a Canadian production um, and having, you know, an actor who's going to be um, at in the, the festival yeah. anyways, at, 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 at uh, the Lena Dunham movie. So, you know, like these things kind of like all, I'm sure Line somebody at TIFF is thinking like this, you know, in terms of having that. Kind I would, of galaxy if I were there or list someone yeah. listening, I know some people there do listen to this episode, but if it is, <laughs> whatever we do, we like, will review it. We, Oh will God, it. man, I'll be the first thing. That'll be my most anticipated thing. It's not even a movie, but it will be. Um, and then Midnight Madness, do my question there. I, I know I'm the guy who's going to throw out the populist stuff. Eric can go with the deep cuts and, and things like that. Uh, does Halloween end show up? Halloween kills, skipped the festival. Halloween uh, played the festival. Halloween and Predator were the two big movies yeah. that the Predator were the two big movies that and played. Oddly enough, we have Prey this year, but it's coming out before the festival. Yeah. Um, and we'll have a review for that next week. I just posted my Twitter reaction. So you guys can go check that out. Um, and then Halloween ends. I'd be curious to see, like I could see Peter bookending those films of going, Oh, we had Halloween and now we'll finish it with Halloween ends. Or I could see Halloween ends just waiting and playing fantastic fest. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe the Luca Guadagnino movie plays in midnight yeah. Madness because it is a cannibal love story. And apparently it is, 
very much a horror film. And then maybe that's going to be like the T10 of this year. But like I, what I really yeah. like about Peter Art is he's, horror, yeah. he's, yeah, well, I mean, he's, a, he's a guy that's, I think a little bit, you know, like us and that we like a little bit of everything, you know, like he'll bring in some really wonderful, yeah. you know, movies from South Asia. He'll bring in some movies, um, you know, from Eastern Europe that you've never heard of. He'll, he'll bring a platform to Canadian filmmakers, like, you know, the directors of violation or the director yeah. of the 20th century. So, you know, he's a very open-minded uh, genre fan. Like he's not just going to select like, you know, Halloween ends. I get it. I, I totally get it. I'm sure it'll be a blast if it plays. No, there's always one or two of those. Not yeah. always, but you know but like I mean. you look in the last few years, there's always like even something like St. Maud, you know, like you can't necessarily predict those movies, even though it would be nice in hindsight to have the credit of being like, I knew something like St. Maud was going to play. Well, no, because we didn't even know what St. Maud was. We didn't even realize that was on the radar. Yeah. So, you know, it's always fun to and be there'll surprised. Be a bunch of those, but by movies even in just the, the other programs like you know during the festival our schedules might change based on you know us hearing about a film that is you know something that is discovered at the festival that maybe isn't necessarily a film that already has in the discovery program yeah that doesn't have a um that doesn't already have a platform or or, or a profile that's high like obviously everybody's going to want to see the fablemans and we'll cover it and, and, and things like that but you know, I'm sure there's something even in the special presentations and galas that we're, you know, not giving enough attention to that could become the breakout film of the festival. And that that's the other thing that I've always loved doing with you is that, you know, you discover something that is like, oh, wow, like this is really, really exciting. Yeah, that's my favorite part of TIFF and just festivals in general, right? Like, of course, we can be excited for the new Spielberg or Darren Aronofsky or these filmmakers that we really love or maybe an actor we really love or something like that. But I think you and I, Eric, we, we definitely try to have a good breadth of content during the fest of like, okay, here's stuff we're very excited to see. And we have to see part of it's like, well, what's going to get us listens and clicks and stuff like that too. Like sometimes that plays into it of going, okay, we're going to review this. We're going to go see Dear Evan Hansen because it's oh, a, a big, it's a big movie at the festival, right? Maybe not a good one, but like, we're going to, we're going to do that kind of stuff. But then we're also going to go, Oh, this has an actor I like in it. Or I heard of this filmmaker from this thing, or this person saw this at this festival and said it was excellent, even though it has no known actors or anything in there. Um, and I think that's like what I always say for people who listen to this and maybe, you know, we cover it and, and some people it's an expensive thing to go to. Um, you can only choose so many tickets unless you really invest your time and money into it. So sometimes you go for those big things, but our suggestion will always be, yeah, maybe do three for you, one for, you know, like them in the, for the fans. like, yeah, of like going pick something that you either hear is that you might not have normally watched or or something like that just to kind of give something a shot, which is and usually those movies you can get either cheaper or, um, you know, different things like that because they don't sell out like those big movies do. So um, and it also just yeah. depends on 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 your own schedule, right? Like if you're only going up. Like if you're going to Toronto, like say if you're, you know, from the Durham region or, you know, further out west in Mississauga or something like that, or coming in from another province, I'm not even necessarily saying, you know, from another country and, you, you yeah. know, you're coming in for one weekend, you know, chances are you're not going to necessarily be able to see the films that are on your list. So always have backups and also be open to kind of walking into something that maybe you, you that's not on your radar and then kind of just discovering it like if you want to see a movie at the festival and you don't have a particular preference of what film uh you want to see sometimes it's just fun to go in there and see something that you have no idea you know the first time like there's no press or no trailers or any marketing material and that's kind of the best way to go in there's no bias or, or you know preconceived notions and then I think the other thing that's really important, and this comes from, you know, having done this for so long and, you know, we're, we're, we're men of uh, the early thirties now. Um, I think it's important to 
not burn out. I think it's important to know, like, yeah. if you need if you need to take some time after watching a movie that, you know, whether it be an entertainment or, you know, it's it, do that, do that for yourself, because sometimes you need to decompress and you, you know, you're not doing the next film that you're watching a, a, a service by going in there either no. exhausted or feeling like you don't want to, you need sometimes to go and get a I've coffee learned, yeah. or sit. And I don't and, do the 40 anymore. I just can't do it. Maybe with pre-screening if those yeah. come back that maybe I would boost the numbers up by another 10 to 15 or whatever, if we were able to see that much during before the festival. But the last couple of years we haven't pre-screened much at all for inside baseball stuff. And then, I looked at my last two years and I've been averaging 25, 26. And I know you usually have been going 30, 35. You usually see five or 10 more than me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that's definitely good advice. Like I know when I used to tell people like, oh yeah, I see 40 movies and they're like, the hell is wrong with you? How is that even possible? And I know people who see 50 movies during the festival, right? And I know that people love it. But um, yeah, I, I find that two to three a day, Sometimes you like that one movie day when you have them or something like that. Like it's that one or two day nice. where it's like it's super yeah. breezy. It's easy to go and like one in the morning, one in the evening. You got some yeah. time. And yeah. if you do Midnight Madness, it's one of those things like if you oh, want to go to yeah. the midnight screening, I think you really have to kind of like prepare because I remember the year that we saw um, Green Room and that was the first day of that festival. And we had seen, I think, like four or five movies beforehand and then we had screenings the next morning, I think at around like eight or nine in the morning, you know, yeah. it really does a number on you. So, you know, it, it, Midnight Madness is an absolute blast. And, you know, if you want to have that experience, go for it. It's it's a it's it's unlike anything uh, during the festival season. It's a lot of fun. It even makes, you know, a, a, a lesser movie, if there is one better because of the the atmosphere and that communal kind of nature but just kind of prepare yourself. Like if you're seeing a midnight movie and, you know, maybe you don't have the work restrictions of, a, you know, like if you're, if you're working for a major outlet, you're probably not going to cover a midnight madness movie. But if you're working mm -hmm. for something on your own or you have a, a little bit more sort of wiggle room, maybe or you're just going to the festival. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just wait like like see the midnight madness movie but then maybe the next day make your first film at noon <laughs> or something like that yeah. yeah there's too many times where i'm like why do we have an 8 a.m movie tomorrow drink um, plenty of water and M &Ms, also also Coke zero when you can get something green in you whether it be a salad or yeah. something no i know it's, it's I know, very rare. You know what i'm gonna this year I, what i've fallen in love with the green juice from 7-eleven you might laugh yeah. If there's a 7-Eleven no. nearby, they have a great green juice that gives you a lot of vegetables and it actually tastes pretty good. So if I'm going to get one thing those. healthy in um, you a day. That's, per day. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Because um, so other than that, it's around, a lot of so egg McMuffins. <laughs> I'm going to be – oh, was last year the year of the egg McMuffin? Or was yeah, that was before? our not a sponsor sponsor. Yeah, I'm going to be crushing egg McMuffins this year too. It's going to be interesting because like I'm up in Etobicoke. Was I up here? last year or did i move right after tiff i think i moved right after tiff didn't i or something like that i forget yeah i think you were but like you were close to it because we were both we only came in once in a while right because yeah we only had like it was mostly digital and then we did only a couple days coming in for things right yeah it was well it was spread out because the last thing we saw in person last year was the soderbergh movie and then after that, it was yeah, it was Kafka. more front loaded, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. So this year, I think we'll probably be there in person more. Um, Every day, probably. I would yeah. Because so, they're not doing a digital um, version of the press stuff. You have to go see stuff in person. So everything's back in person. Um, I'll be quadruple vaxxed by then. Uh, I'm gonna get mine at the end of August. Um, have you booked your appointment my yet? Fourth shot, yeah, for August twenty. Now, are, are you? This this is this is a little inside baseball because I was <laughs> I was going to ask you about this anyways. Um, yeah. Are you getting the regular vaccine or are you getting the? Yeah, okay. I'm going to get. So what? Uh, yeah, now welcome to vaccine talk. But we're big proponents of getting vaccinated, especially before a big film festival and stuff like this. So um, well, we had a scare last year as well when when we got that Dune, email. Yeah from dune and, and luckily neither one of us got sick and we were wearing our masks and things like that but yeah. 
chances are, you know, you always want to minimize the, minimize the risk, but oh, we've both had it, which yeah, I don't want to get it again. It sucked, no. and um, or if I do, I want it to be more minor. Um, everything I read said you still should wait three months from when you had COVID to get it, and then I know I mentioned to you that they were going to be updating like a some DLC for the uh for the vaccines or updating them, <laughs> but like the new versions might not come out until the fall. So from everything I've read, was just like you might as well get vaccinated now, especially if we're going to like a big event like this. And then just your next shot will be the updated version, right? Because yeah. even though this doesn't necessarily target all the different variants and stuff like this new version, I, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm just, you just play one relaying on TV. what I, yeah. Relaying what I read online. And originally I was going to wait, but then people are like, if you get it, you still don't want it to like hit you hard, right? So you probably still want to get it now if you're eligible and then maybe just pump me full of fucking vaccinations, baby. So and you anyways, need time for um, it to incubate and, and, and get through your system, yeah. right? Like you can't well, just get it, like it two weeks right before, before yeah. the festival. Like you need yeah. the two weeks. A couple right? weeks, yeah. yeah. So mine is going to be almost exactly two weeks. So And even with monkeypox, it's like yeah, it's I like, know, you dude. know I had that I had that scare too, right? Because we had these weird bumps, but they went away. So um anyways, now we're getting off topic. But anyways, health, if you're going health to scare twenty twenty two. Get vaccinated, wear a mask. I don't know if any of that shit's going to be mandatory during the festival. I'm not 100% sure what they're doing, but everything's back in person. Um, if you listen to this show and you've always wanted to go, try to go. Say hi to us. We'll be around. I don't even know how we're going to be recording stuff this year. You might bump into us as we're recording something. So just feel free to interrupt us. It happened multiple times and we'll keep it in the show. <laughs> Cause, cause we like a little character in our show. As you Especially can during tell. TIFF, man. So I'm excited. Yeah. I think we'll probably do the on the on the run recording. I'd like to do video versions, but I I just don't know. I'll put them up on YouTube still, but they might just be like screenshots of our face or or <laughs> or Cameron Bailey or something. I don't know. But uh, I'm excited. Uh, so this won't be the last TIFF talk, but it is uh, the first standalone episode for this year. Uh, I'm excited for all the special pe- presentations and. And Galas can't wait for Tiffer to get up and running. I can't wait to start building that sketch. Uh, building the schedule is one of my favorite things. It's like one of the nerdiest things I love doing, but um, I absolutely love building a schedule and Tetris fitting every movie we want to see and way overloading our schedules and then figuring it out later. But um, it is genuinely my favorite time of the year. So I'm very excited to cover it. So uh Keep it locked right here. We'll have uh, a full TIFF preview show probably before the festival. We'll have uh, reviews every single day, uh, multiple reviews. We're going to be doing individual reviews. Um, They might be audio only, but also on YouTube. We'll see how everything goes because I'll have my laptop with me, but it'll be chaotic of trying to get everything up while I'm still going to see movies and different things like that. So um, be patient, but the audio version should be easy to get up. The video versions will be a little trickier, but um, we'll have reviews every single day. We'll have a pre-festival podcast, post-festival podcast. Um, maybe there might guests be some video. There might be some video um, episodes, though, if we do. Oh, we will pre-recording. Right? Yeah, and I think either way, if we can do a video version when we're on the go, we will. It's just uh, on the go. It all, it all really, really depends. So. Uh, I'm pumped. So September 9th to the 19th, 8th to 18th this year. So um, the eighth best podcast covering TIFF during the 8th to the the 18th. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh, Thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate you. Uh, You are the reason that we are the eighth best movie (laughs) podcast in Canada. You're also the reason why we're not number one. All right. Because if more of you listened or watched, we'd be higher. What a back-ended compliment. Tell your friend. Tell your friends, tell your family. Write a review and tell us how much you love us. (laughs) Go on Apple Podcasts, write us a review, send it to your mom, send it to your grandma. I don't care if they don't like movies. Just send it to your cousin. Send it to your dad. Can you please subscribe to this? These guys need to be number two because we're never passing film junk. If your milkman Um, is listening, you know we've broken through. 
Yeah. Uh, go check out our reviews for Jordan Peele's Nope, the Russo Brothers, the Grayman, uh, Taika Waititi's Thor, Love and Thunder. Um, I'm surprised his next goal wins isn't showing up anywhere. Apparently, guess, it's not like, going to be until next year. Oh, interesting. They're they just really it. punting it. Yeah, they're just. Yeah. Uh, anyways, whatever. Um, our newest uh, episode, 127 of the Untitled Movie Podcast. We already mentioned it, but we cover all the Comic-Con news from last weekend. So we go through Marvel Studios Phase 5 and 6. Uh, we do talk about Spielberg and the Fablemans being at TIFF, but you kind of already got that in this episode. So you could skip over that. Um, or you can listen to both listen to compare us. and contrast yeah. see if we make sense <laughs> nope anyways uh as always uh, go check out uh our letterbox which is untitled underscore cast especially during tiff uh all the reviews will be up there that'll probably be your easiest spot to find everything uh so go head over there as always my name is matt Rohrbeck. you can find more of my work around the internet but mostly at untitledmoviepodcast.com and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews, including uh, Resurrection with Rebecca Hall, which, in my opinion, is one of the best performances of the year on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. This was TIFF Talk 2022 Special Presentations and Gala. Love that.